Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Overcoming victory glorifies God, not defeat, not failure. You'll hear people talking about, you know, and even if they don't say it, they're implying that devastation and, and failure is somehow the uh, mysterious will of God. But that's just not what the Bible teaches. That's not, that's not true. Uh, there will be trials. There will be tests. There will be persecution for righteousness sake. But it's God's will that we overcome them all. Is that right? Psalmist said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Is that true or not? He delivers them, delivers him out of them all. Praise God. So do not accept that it could be God ordained that you fail. God ordained that you be devastated that you be destroyed. That is a lie from the enemy. Reject it. Everybody said out loud class, I'm talking about the big class. Everybody say it, God's will, God's will for, me for me is victory. Is victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's will for me is victory, not failure, not defeat, not confusion, not being overcome, but being an overcomer. Hallelujah. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come on into the classroom with us, and let's believe and get answers today. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for the anointing and utterance and ears to hear. Thank you for answers today. We ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look please in Acts 28 again in this uh, fifth individual account of healing that we're studying in the book of uh, Acts. And we have seen in the 27th chapter how that Paul and his company and some 276 individuals uh, were shipwrecked in this terrible storm and wound up on this island of uh, King James says Melita. It's called Malta today. And we see that uh, Acts 28.2, the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. They were extraordinarily kind to them, receiving them, building them a fire. And Paul uh, gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire. And there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. Now, I am sure he did not expect that. And there will be things in life that you did not expect. And one of the first questions that will hit your mind is, why did this happen? And how did this happen to me? 
And if you get caught up in that, why, 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 then you, your understanding will be darkened. You wind up yielding to fear. What did Paul do? He didn't, you know, lose his faith. He didn't start uh, questioning God accusatively. Um, he did what? Verse 5 says, he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. I know we've talked about it before, but this is vitally important. That when you're surprised by something, especially so I'm talking about something bad, that you don't go into this looping questioning, and especially not questioning God. But because in so doing, you wind up magnifying the problem, talking about how terrible it is, how bad it is, and that is the opposite of magnifying God and how good He is. And that is giving place to the enemy. And man, when you do that, if He's given place, He will steal, He will kill, He will destroy. Yeah, He got bit. It was a deadly animal. But did it matter? Didn't even hurt him. No harm. Zero ill effect. The, the outcome is more important than the incident. Amen. Come on, are you all with me? Yes, yeah, but we had this. We had, how'd you come out? Oh, we're fine. Well, praise God. <laughs> right? Yes. Right? Yeah, but we weren't expecting it. And how come it happened? Well, um, you're fine. Okay, rejoice about that. Ask the Lord, Lord, there's something I need to see about that and learn about that. Show me. But this focusing on, yeah, but yeah, but why? Yeah, but why? That's not just innocent. They're, the enemy is trying to get you to question God and accuse God. He's trying to separate you from trusting God and from your faith. Do not be moved don't let it shake you. You shake it off and then you rejoice. How'd you come out? Well, then put it in your rearview mirror. Is that right? <laughs> you know, he got bit uh, back there. It's not bothering me now. So who cares? Whew, here we go. Right? So uh, he just shook it off. And then when the, when the people, the, the native folks there saw that he uh, had no harm, they changed their mind and said he was a god. In the same quarters, it said there was a, the chief man of the island whose name was Publius. And he received us and lodged us three days courteously. Everybody say he received them. Is that significant? We, we talked about that on uh, our previous class that the Lord said, those that honor me, I will honor. Uh, Jesus said, if you receive the one I send, you receive me. And if you receive me, you receive the one, the Father, who sent me. And so uh, Publius, I mean, this is, this is a big reason why this is in the book, why this is in the Bible, is he he invited Paul, and Luke was with him, and, and I guess maybe a handful of people, could have been 
three, four, five, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm pretty sure it wasn't the whole 276. You know, who's got a house like that? <laughs> but, uh, and they didn't live with him the whole time there. They were just there three days. And they obviously found their own lodging. And uh, God is not a moocher. Anybody know what I mean by that? Uh, God is not a sponge. He's not a moocher. He, he, he's not just someone who, who takes, takes, and, and uh, he is well able to provide his people with their own and take care of them. And uh, you want to always be watching that you are not uh, a burden and what you're doing is not interfering with somebody and something that they don't want, something that they no longer want to be a part of. Do not be a taker and do not be, you know, just sponging off of somebody else. You, you have the greatest provider in existence, right? He takes care of you. Somebody say, God is my provider. He takes care of me. I don't have to live off of someone else. I don't have to. don't need to. Uh, you do have to listen to him. Right? And he'll tell you in different things, do this, go here, work, take this job, make this investment, do this thing. And if you won't do what he tells you to do, then you will be in lack and want. You have to obey him. Uh, so he, uh, they accepted this invitation and Publius received them and lodged them three days courteously. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and a bloody flux to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. Now, it may not look like it, but uh, you, you want to remember who the human instrument of writing Acts is, is Luke, the physician. And it's interesting that there are several words in this passage that are medical, technical language. Uh, you don't notice it in the King James. You don't notice it the way we read it. But in looking up the words myself, uh, the scholars and all kept pointing out that's precise medical terminology of the day. And, uh, and it makes sense. I mean, Dr. Luke, Knows what he's looking at, right? <laughs> and um, this, of course, it doesn't sound that way to us. Bloody flux, you know, we're like, whoa, that doesn't sound like a diagnosis. But uh, you know you don't want it. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> you know enough to know. No, thank you. Uh, what we understand this to be is dysentery. Um, and some, some scriptures may, may point that out. But um, uh, the scripture says that uh, dysentery is most often called by bacteria or an amoeba and usually spread through contaminated food, water, that kind of thing. And a key symptom is bloody diarrhea. Uh, and it is accompanied by abdominal pain and cramps and fever. They say currently... There's some 165 million cases of it 
a year in developing countries around the world and over a million deaths every year from this same thing. And so the scripture here says, if you read the words, look them up, he was laid uh, with this fever and dysentery, this bloody flux. So he's basically bedfast. He laid implies that. And the fever, the high fever, uh, reveals this man's in a bad way. He, he's near death. And with the attention he might be getting or the lack of attention medically, he, he's probably going to die. He's probably at death's door. But uh, his son has done something none of them realized is going to change the situation. He has invited the man of God and his company to come stay at their house. And he's been feeding them and putting them up and treating them like they're important. And the Lord said, you honor me and I'm going to honor you. And so when Paul finds out that Publius' father is in this kind of situation, the scripture says, look at it again if you would, he, he entered in and uh, prayed. So he, he went to see him wherever he was, if he was in the house there or wherever he was. He uh, entered in and prayed, first of all. And then when he had prayed, some translations say, he laid his hands on him and healed him. I want you to notice, uh, jumping ahead a little bit, it says, verse 9, So when this was done, others also which had diseases in the island came and were healed. Different language. And actually a different word, if you look them up. So it says, Paul went into where Publius' father was laid out, basically bedfast, high fever, uh, you know, diarrhea and hemorrhage, and he's in a bad way. He's near death. And the first thing Paul did was pray. Pray. Then, after praying, he laid hands on him. And it, the scripture says, healed him. Now, we know that, you know, specifically speaking, is Paul the healer? No. And yet, we know the Bible's accurate. Did Paul heal him? There's got to be some correct application of this. You can understand that Paul ministered healing to him. And one of the words that's translated here means attend, attendant, as an attendant. And so that's what a minister, a minister is an attendant. A minister is a servant. The word minister actually has a lot in common with somebody that serves tables, like a waiter or a waitress. Very similar meanings. And so, you know, I'm a minister, and what am I doing right now? <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> I'm, I'm serving uh, by the anointing, the word, the revelation, the utterance. Am I the Savior? No, in case you wondered, no, <laughs> you, you know that. But can I minister salvation? Huh? Can I, I'm not the source of salvation, I'm a vessel. But I can minister as an attendant. 
I can serve you. <laughs> right? Salvation. Now it's up to you whether you receive it or reject it, but I can serve it to you. I can minister it to you. And so uh, the language is different then. In the next verse, it didn't say he healed them the same way. It says they came and what? Were healed. Uh, so they, the result, the outcome is the same, but the method and the way it happened is not exactly the same. Why do we say that? Because there are different methods of ministry and different ways of receiving. There's much to be learned about these things. And uh, what happened, you, you, you see uh, what's going on because Paul didn't just go in there and lay hands on the man. What's the first thing he did? He prayed. Why did, why did he pray? He must have needed to. About What's he praying about? He's praying about this. Why did he need to pray about it? Well, the man has a high fever. He may be out of it. He may be delirious. They're on this island where they worship false gods and goddesses. They've never heard anything about Jesus. These are the very beginning days of the church. And Paul is one of the first missionaries outside the Jewish community. Uh, nobody's heard about Jesus. And so you can't expect any faith in Jesus around here. They've never heard of him. So the man's not going to just receive on his own faith. He hasn't heard anything. He doesn't know anything. He doesn't believe anything to receive. And he's in a terrible way, maybe even unconscious, delirious with fever, weak from losing blood and can't eat and hold and keep anything on his stomach. He's in a bad way. He's near death. So can Paul uh, push something off on the man uh, just because he wants to? He can't. And no minister can. Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. Have you read that in the Gospel account of John? Jesus said, I don't do anything of myself. He said, I can't. Jesus said, I can't do anything of myself. Operating as a man... He revealed he's completely dependent on hearing from the Father. And he said, I just say what I hear the Father say, and I do what I see the Father do. And that would include seeing what the Father did through him. You could say he saw himself do something, but it was the Father in him doing it. This sounds so familiar if you were with us in previous classes, because you remember with the, uh, uh, the, the believer Tabitha, uh, also called Dorcas, that she died, and they called Peter to come and minister to her. And when he gets there, they showed her, laid out in the upper room, and talked about what a wonderful person was. And what did he do? He put everybody out and knelt down, and he's praying. Why, why do you need to do that? You've got to hear from God about what to do in this situation. Are y'all with me, saints? Somebody says, well, you know it's God's will for them to be healed. Absolutely. Uh, what about faith? Just, just believe that they'll come up. That's not all there is to it. That's not your body. You don't have full authority over another person like that. Now, the, the main way that most people are going to receive a healing is by hearing the good news, believing it, 
getting faith for themselves and receiving it by faith for themselves, which is what happened in the next verse. A lot of people got healed that way. But that's not what's going on in here. This man may not even be capable of hearing. So what happens? Paul enters in. What does he do? Can you, can you see the picture? He kneels down and, and prays. And we don't know how long he prayed, but it could have been a length of time. He prayed. He prayed first. Everybody say he prayed first. He prayed first. He prayed first. He prayed first. You know, the scripture talks about this more than once. In James, it talks about this. Uh, I'll just read it to you. In James 5, 14 and 15, this is the Amplified. It says, confess to one another your faults and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Hallelujah. Don't you like that? The earnest prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. So something happened when Peter went into that woman and Tabitha's laying there, her body's there, dead, her spirit's gone from her body. Can he just go and raise her up because he wants to? He cannot. I said, he cannot. Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. Now, this, see, this is contrary to what religion teaches. Religion teaches that these apostles had this power that they could just use like they wanted to. But when the last apostle died, all that ceased because today people don't have power like that. Yeah, but today people have the Holy Spirit, right? And people can have faith and God's will hasn't changed, right? No, that's not right. These apostles didn't have special power that they could use at whim like they desired and wanted to. Jesus himself said he couldn't do that operating as a man. If Jesus and the apostles were dependent, Paul, Peter, if they were dependent on hearing from the Holy Spirit and praying and getting direction, how about us? Huh? Would it be true with us? It's true with us. Because there's so many things you don't know about a situation that's somebody else. You don't know what led up to this. You don't know what God has said to them already before. You don't know what opportunities they've had to believe and receive or haven't had to believe and receive. There's just so much you don't know. So what do you do? Pray. <laughs> Is that right? Pray and ask the Lord. Now, since Publius has been so respectful to Paul and his house and his group. That's a way you can start out. You can come in there and kneel down and say, Lord, you know, this man has ministered to us. Have mercy on him and his house. Uh, what, what can we do here? Show me what to do. I know it's your will for him to be healed. He's not in the shape to even hear the gospel or, or receive it perhaps, but what can we do? Lord, would you, would you give me something to minister to him? And something must have been given to him. Can, can you see this? He got something in his heart and he reached over there. He was prompted by the Spirit to reach over there and put his hands on him. And he laid his hands on him and the Scripture said, and he healed him. What does that mean? He ministered healing to him. 
Do, do you remember on the, um, at the gate called Beautiful when Peter and John went in there and they saw that lame man and he said, such as I have, give I you. Well, he had something, didn't he? Uh, and people try to act like, well, well we've all got that. Uh, well, then why haven't you cleaned out the hospital? No, no. See, that's wrong thinking. You can't just take your common faith that you trust God for salvation with and receive your own healing and go receive healing for everybody else and straighten out their lives. Uh, God wants them to come to Him too for themselves. You are not the mediator. Jesus is the mediator. Come on, can you see this? And so when it comes to other people, now if it's your little child, underage child, you receive for them parents just like you do for yourself. Yeah, you do. That's the exception. But when it comes to another adult, you can't just receive healing for them. I've seen people just get mad at God because I'm claiming my mother's healing. She's going to be healed and she's going to be raised up. Well, what is she believing? Well, you know, she still don't know if she believes in all this. Well, you can't. You can't do it. You can't just receive her healing for her any more than you could receive Jesus for her to be born again. You can't do it. Well, what can I? Can I do nothing? You can do what Paul did. You can do what Peter did. Pray. Pray for them. Isn't that what the scripture we just got through reading in James? Pray one for another that you may be healed. Well, why would prayer even be needed? Why would it even be needed? If it belongs to us, if it's bought and paid for. Well, when it comes to other people, again, you don't know how they got there, what's going on in their life, what they've heard, what they haven't, et cetera, et cetera. But you know God's a good God. He's a merciful God. Is that right? And so you can say, Lord, have mercy on them. What can be done? Open their eyes and ears. Send laborers across their path. Well, what if they're in the shape where they, they're in a coma? They, they can't even hear. They can't even understand. Pray. Pray and ask the Lord for mercy. You know, the Bible said on one occasion here, the church prayed, Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders would be done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. It's scriptural to pray and ask the Lord. Lord, we ask you for miracles. We ask you for manifestations of the Spirit. And while Paul was praying, he got something. He got confidence in his heart from the Holy Spirit. He sensed the anointing perhaps. I don't know exactly how it happened, but I know he was prompted to do this. And he reached over and he put his hands on Publius' father and healing power was ministered to him by the mercy of God. Hallelujah. God had mercy on Publius' father. God had mercy on Publius and the whole household. And it spread like wildfire. Publius' father got up, hallelujah, and was healed. He was totally healed. Everybody heard about it. And you put that with the miracle of everybody from the shipwreck and the miracle of Paul didn't die from the snake bite. And this place is ripe for revival. Come on, can you see? This place is set up for something to happen. And it did. Hallelujah. Our time is up. We'll talk about that perhaps next time. Said out loud, I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I am strong in faith, giving glory to God. 
Praise God. We'll see you next time back here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390.